Welcome to It Awaits You, a podcast composed of true Southern Gothic tales for the modern age. You've made it. The finale of the Seven Bridges series. It awaits you. The prosecution, led by District Attorney Robert Evans, delivered the state's closing argument in front of an enlarged picture of Tara Nicholson's remains in the woods, where they were found five miles from Antoine's childhood home. The prosecutor's beginning pitch to the jury was that, despite the difficulty inherent in judging others, It's all that stands in the way of chaos in society. He asked the jury to consider the following questions during their judgment of Antoine Pittman, before including a final request about their verdict. After seeing evidence for the last three days, what does it look like happened? Why did Tara end up in these woods, 10 miles outside of Rocky Mount, given her lifestyle? The crux of the defense was anyone could have done it. But does this look like something a nervous John would have done inside the city? This wasn't just any old guy walking by. This was somebody different, and he's sitting a few feet away from you in this courtroom. His name is not Joseph. It is not Jacob. It is Antoine Pittman. The prosecutor continued by challenging the defense making a big deal of Antoine's testimony by saying his credibility had to be examined. Given his story only changed once the DNA evidence was matched to him. He emphasized the women that came forward as credible, describing protracted violent encounters, and explained these women were easy prey to fulfill Antoine's fantasies, his demons. He said Antoine Pittman stalked prostitutes, that he strangled Tara Nicholson in the woods to be consumed and to decompose that she was never supposed to be found, that he was a predator with habits and a mode of operation. Antoine decided he had to take them out to the woods, where he grew up, where he was comfortable. Out of the 50,000 people in Edgecombe County at the time, only one had his DNA in the victim. He's here today because this time he missed. She died in those woods. You know she did. She went in there and never came out with him alive. It was his misfortune that the weather preserved her body. She never got up. Anything else is made up. He continued with this quote. This is the pink elephant in this room. A man basically butchers a woman like she's nothing. He picks her up in Rocky Mount. He takes her out in the woods. She takes her clothes off, apparently. She gives him what he pays for and then he butchers her and breaks her throat, drags her up in the woods, and leaves her out there for the animals to consume and rot. What kind of mind would do that? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Salinger, one of the defense attorneys, wants to go back in history, so I'll go back a bit. There are two kinds of people in our history of the world. Those who think human beings are trash who can be used, manipulated, and tossed away to get more and those who think each individual is unique and worthy of respect. 
You fall on one side or the other. He falls on the side that says I can go out and get me a prostitute and do whatever I want with her. No one will miss her. No one will care. That's what he thought about Miss Worsley. This is what he thought about Miss Moore. This is why the defense can come up in here and make up evidence. They want you to think the same thing. Why should you care? Anyone could have done this to her because she was a whore. They want you to join his conspiracy and have the same attitude about this child. Tara would be 29 or 30 if she'd seen her next birthday. Something we know, no matter how tragic the human condition, despite how down we are, there's always the possibility for redemption. There's always the possibility to come back. You saw evidence of that yesterday with both of those ladies that survived. He took that away from Tara. The possibility of hope, redemption, the possibility of getting back because he didn't think she was worth anything. The stuff on his computer says all of that too. He's asking you to find him not guilty, asking you to join his conspiracy and his attitude about her. This man, ladies and gentlemen, is guilty of first-degree murder. He took that lady from Rocky Mount to Seven Bridges Road. He had sex with her. He choked her to death. He dragged her back in the woods. He took her humanity. He's asking you to join him by finding him not guilty. That would not be right. That would not be justice. Justice would be to find this man guilty of first-degree murder. We ask you to so find in your verdict. And that's the end of the closing argument. And you know the rest. The jury convicted then 33-year-old Antoine of first-degree murder in well under an hour, life in prison without the possibility of parole. Diane Nicholson cried a sigh of relief and simply wanted to know why. After hearing the verdict, an emotional Antoine, tearing up, exclaimed, I did not kill that woman. I did not kill her. Y'all are sending an innocent man to prison. And with those final words, Antoine Pittman was whisked away to a life of obscurity, forgotten along with his victims, forgotten in the space between two out-of-sync American realities that were forced to meet during the investigation and trial. The summer blur of tragedy and curiosity that brought them together would soon fade. Many of the families, while disappointed formal charges weren't brought regarding the other victims, felt overall confident in the verdict and confident in Antoine's guilt beyond just the murder of Tara Nicholson. They were allowed to speak about this in court, and so did the district attorney. Law enforcement did not comment on the possibility of future charges the day of the verdict. To this day, the case of the Seven Bridges Killer, or the Edgecombe County Serial Killer, as some know him, remains officially unsolved, with Antoine sitting at the top of the suspect list. But because of how the investigation unfolded after much delay, that might never be confirmed. And that should be no surprise. It's confirmed by science that people simply pay less attention to black killers and victims. Antoine Pittman was not the end-all be-all to the violence and poverty those in Edgecombe County have suffered under. In fact, attacks of different varieties on sex workers 
continued after his arrest. But the specific type of murder he was convicted of, strangling and stabbing black sex workers and leaving them throughout the countryside, ceased to continue. Did someone conveniently move on after Antoine's conviction? Or simply stop killing? Even if not technically solved, the Seven Bridges murders were over. A 2012 charity parade in Rocky Mount, hosted by the Street Soldiers Motorcycle Club, marked one of the final public events honoring the victims of the Seven Bridges killer, with question marks still hovering over many aspects of the investigation. All of the victims had to at least ride in a car with Antoine at some point. What evidence did the Pontiac Bonneville or other cars contain? What about the trailer investigators think Christine Boone was killed in before she was placed next to the woods, the trailer Antoine Pittman once lived in? What did investigators find when they obtained a search warrant for that trailer? Was there trace evidence in the hair of the victims linking them to anything unique in Antoine's environment at the time of the murders? Did Antoine have any possessions of the victims given the lack of clothes and items found at the scene? Was more done to their bodies after death? The results of the trailer search, in addition to any car or hair evidence, have been withheld for over a decade now. Unless, maybe, there is no further evidence. Regardless, for one reason or another, police don't feel confident in a re-examination of the Seven Bridges cases. At least, not confident in the evidence being enough to support more charges. Even if Antoine isn't completely innocent, did he kill all of them? Is he the same man that picked up Lanessa Williams in the story you heard about at the beginning of this grim tale? The saga even extends its mystery into other cases beyond Edgecombe County. Shortly after Antoine's arrest, authorities in Hickory, North Carolina, released a serial murder suspect, Derek Coulson, and dropped two murder charges against him, feeling they could link the cases to Antoine. The entire premise was quickly debunked, leaving the 2004 Hickory cases surrounding the murders of two other sex workers unsolved, as well as the cases in Rocky Mount, now thought to be unrelated. Sitting with that creeping doubt and an uncertain ending, we are left with all of these lingering questions. For Antoine, his reality remains rooted in the wrong side of the tracks he emerged from and a familiar pattern of behavior from his younger days. After 15 separate infractions spanning over eight years at Raleigh Central Prison, ranging from tobacco use, bartering, unauthorized leave, theft of property, weapon possession, selling medication, assault, and disobeying orders, he was once again transferred on March 30th, 2021. Antoine now resides at Avery Mitchell Correctional Institute tucked away in the vast wilderness of the North Carolina mountains on the edge of the Cherokee National Forest. He has not raised his voice to change his story since he was convicted over a decade ago. The families of the victims, media, and law enforcement have not uttered his name in any meaningful way. The silence he experiences now is no doubt far removed from the quiet of his long summer nights 
on Seven Bridges Road, perhaps the only place where he truly removed his mask to show others the face of a damaged monster, the last face they would see. But if you're being honest with yourself, do you think you can say for sure? 12 people, maybe 13 know the truth. Maybe. As for the rest of you listening at this very moment, you're left in the most horrifying, yet also the most captivating realm of all human thought. The unknown, the unsettled, the unfinished. A purgatory of perception when it comes to how to think of the investigation, the victims, and Antoine. There's a legend about Seven Bridges Road. It's a cliche, like every town's legend concerning a bridge. Maybe it's local, or maybe it's born of the internet. Some include haunting apparitions. Others focus on stalling cars, marked by handprints, or perhaps the feeling that gravity is being overpowered by some supernatural force. But in the case of Seven Bridges Road, the legend says when you drive away from Rocky Mount, you'll count all seven bridges. And when you drive back, only six bridges. And while this is likely not a common experience, nor likely true, it speaks to your experience as a listener crossing Seven Bridges Road in your mind, looking for a killer. A story, like the legend of the road, that makes you question your senses and doubt your judgment as you search for the truth. But instead of the truth, what have you found? The idea that truth is real. But truth can also be lost to time if you don't think it's attached to someone valuable enough to find. If you don't think the truth is in a reality, in a dimension of life, considered worthy of your time. You've made it all the way across each of the seven bridges just to discover that, in the case of these murders, the truth, if abandoned, can be a secret memory, lost and mummified in the woods, forever. It awaits you. We'll return soon with a new series. In the meantime, you can find us on social media and get even more content through our Patreon, where your support is very appreciated. If you like this episode and want others to hear about it, take a moment to follow, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it awaits you. <laughs>